Everybody and welcome to episode 74 of Comic Book Queers. My name is Brett, and I am here with my other half. His name is Evil Jeff. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Comic Book Queers. Oh, hi, dear. How are you? I'm uh, I have a little bit of a sore throat, but I'm using it to my advantage and doing this crazy voice right now. Good. Right. I hope you sustain that the entire show. And it's done. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to episode 74. All right, so we have so much to talk about. A lot has happened. Um, I'm going to start with some on-screen stuff. You and I have not talked about this in our pre-game download. What? I want to talk about the Dark Phoenix trailer. Okay. What would um, you think? I didn't watch it. <laughs> you did not watch it. Okay. I, I, okay, and I'm and I'm not actually, and I know I should be watching it for the show, but at this point, I feel the trailers are going to do nothing but make me hate the movie even more. So I'm actually not. I am decided I am not watching anything else, and I'm until I watch the movie. I think that's admirable. I watched two different trailers. Because it's now at this point you're watching so much footage that you're just throwing at you, and I feel because they're desperate because it's still not like getting good testing scores that they're probably just throwing every every good moment in the trailers just to get people to come to the movie. So they literally give away the death of a character in the trailer. Is it uh, Mystique? Yes. I mean, I already knew she was going to fucking die. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Since she's not supposed to be in the story in the first place. There's also the death of any effort around Mystique's makeup at this point. Jennifer Lawrence is so done with sitting in that makeup chair. Or did they CGI I want... her? No, it's just this <laughs> low-rent makeup job. There are so many images going around the internet of what Rebecca Romaine looked like in the first one, even what Jennifer Lawrence looked like in first class versus what she looks like in this trailer. <laughs> it's some bullshit. The movie is suffering from, uh, we'll fix it in post. And then it gets to post and they're like, we can't do anything about this shit. We were too busy changing the whole movie. We, <laughs> we can't do anything. Um, I just saw things where I saw there was some images of Beast I saw there was like Jean Grey with her face all cr glowing, cracked. Just like The Last Stand, which is great. Well, yeah, that's exactly what you want to go for. That they piece even of garbage. Have her, they have her in that long red leather trench coat. What? That's in not the, even a in, thing. In the new poster. Oh, it's a thing in The Last Stand. But, but, but it has been agreed upon that that was a horrible, garbagey piece of shit. By, yeah, made by doing... a rapist. God, They're doing their best to emulate it. I just thought a rapist made the first two X-Men movies, and then they, he gave it over to a different, a, a straight rapist. Which is the one thing just, you can see is gay rapists are better directors than straight rapists. <laughs> that is fact. Yeah. That is proof. There is proof. There is an international trailer, though, that actually makes the movie look not that bad. Oh, okay. The way they cut the footage. 
but they do show that they do the whole space thing, meaning they're in a rocket ship and she has to rescue them. What? That must be in the they beginning. Do that whole, the, yeah, they do that whole scene. But, but she already right. became the Phoenix. Thank you. Like, you don't need you that already, part. You already had the raptor. Yeah. What do we do in the space? It could just be that when they forced you to use the full extent of your power against Apocalypse, it had a consequence. Ugh. Ugh. When does this movie come out? Never. It's never coming out. June. June. And and is Miss Marvel this Thursday or next Thursday? Captain. Captain and Marvel. It is this Thursday. <laughs> She'll always be Miss Marvel to me. Um, yeah, you and a lot of other guys on the internet. Um. All right. Awesome. So. Uh, our next episode will be heavily centered around that. Yeah. That's fun. I'm going to, uh, I'm really happy. I'm going to a theater where each seat is a full Lazy Boy recliner. So I'm I'm ready to just. Get super baked. To just, yes, to just be fully immersed. It better be fucking good. Dark Phoenix is the last Fox X-Men movie. Thank God. There was also a last X-Men thing on television recently, which I didn't watch. Yeah. And that's the gifted season finale. Gifted, we're all a bunch of gifted fuckers. Also originally directed by Brian Singer, directed the first episode. Um, I really want to get a hold of the young twin, the Fenris twin, and get an interview with him and be like, um, so you are what he's attracted to. Um, did he uh, do something to you? I want to know. Anyway, that's all I have to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the season finale happened. And, uh, How was it? Uh, there was a lot of deaths. And they, really? And they said, I thought they were going to end it like, oh, this show's probably not going to get picked up. But they ended on a huge cliffhanger that if the show ends, it'll kind of be like, well, what the fuck was that all about? <laughs> I've heard uh, how they ended it. Blink. I saw the clip. Blink is killed. Like, she's shot up. But rather than, fu- like, while she was, like, trying to blink a portal, but rather than the port- her falling through the portal to the other side, she, like, fell in the porter- portal and just vanished into nowhere. So she was just gone. And then, meanwhile, uh, Thunderbird, he... Um, Whenever he tried to use his tracking powers, he could only track Blink. Like whenever oh, he cool. used it, he would just see her. Oh, and that's so super he cool. was like and so and then he started hearing her voice and he's like, I think she might not be dead. There's something going on. My powers are broken because I only see her. And they're like, You're just, you know, can't get over her because, you know, the puss was so good. Um, that's what the mom said. Uh, no, she didn't. Anyway, she said, Amy Acker said, <laughs> yeah, puss. said puss on the show. But meanwhile, uh, the people that defected uh, came back because, you know, in the end, like Sage and Polaris and the young Fenris boy twin left. Well, Sage gets murdered because of Polaris. So she's dead. <gasps> Sage is dead? Yeah. Polaris uses her magnetic powers to hack into Sage's computer to like look into some intel and then they go and be like oh we've been hacked oh it was on your computer you did it and then uh 
what's her name? The uh, Reva. Reva fucking just uses her, you know, canary blast, her black canary blast, and kills her. And uh, poor Polaris feels real guilty. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, it's just Sage." <laughs> and uh, but anyway, they finally convince uh, both of them to come back because they realize Reva has been in cahoots with the purifiers. Uh, Peter Gallagher and her have actually been like, yeah, we'll each be doing, let's work together because we want each side to hate each other more. Wait, 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 wait. Peter Gallagher is on the gifted? Yeah, yeah, he's the head of the purifier. He's the head of the purifier? Peter Gallagher? Eyebrows? Yeah, he's like Bill O'Reilly. Like he has a Bill O'Reilly type show. I but no he's idea. also the head of the purifiers. Oh, yeah, he's been all this whole season. And I think last season, too. Oh, my God. Anyway, they've been working in cahoots uh, to, to rive up tension and hatred between everybody. <gasps> Not cahoots. Yes. And so finally, now that the whole team is back together, they decide to go kill Riva. And uh, the dad, whose powers are basically... He basically turns to like magma. He's kind of has like magma's powers. But when he turns when he turns to that molten lava form, he just just everything he touches just disintegrates into fire. So, uh, he realizes that, you know, the only way to get up to Riva, the whole team has to use all their power to battle all the other bad guys. He goes up to what's his name? Steven what? Colbert? No, the guy who plays the dad. What's his name? Yeah. Stephen Moffat? Yeah, Vampire Bill. Vampire Bill. Yeah, yeah. He gets up to the top, and he sees Reva. Reva uses her black canary on him, but all it does is make him lose control of his powers, and he basically just goes full magma and just explodes. And you literally see her, like, close up exploding and dying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the whole entire top of the building, including him, explodes. So it's, Oh, he's fine. So I have a feeling he's alive, but everyone now assumes he sacrificed himself. He's so fine. And uh, at the very end, uh, they realize they need to get a whole new group of mutants together to kind of recreate the X-Men. And just then, Blink shows up. And she has, she no longer is just using her hands. She's using the blink dagger things. She has her daggers. She has her daggers. And she shows up and opens what clearly looks like a different timeline or a different dimension. And she's like, you guys got to help me. And they're all like, what? And they all just jump through the portal and disappear. What? Wow. So they're going to go to another dimension where the show is good. (laughs) <laughs> not possible <laughs> oh I'm sorry Man, that's ev- where the show's better that's every other dimension mm-hmm. yeah it sucks that I don't watch the X-Men show but I don't anymore I, if it gets renewed I think they're going to be starting fresh and I think I think it'll be good next year what if they entered the Marvel Cinematic Universe? That's, and in, there, are theories, <laughs> there are theories that they did this because they're now going to enter a universe that's the new joint Marvel universe. Oh, God. No way. That would be too cool for school. That would be too cool for school, but Marvel's not like, hey, hey, you guys, we want to meticulously craft to the end of the gifted <laughs> to fit in with the MCU. Hey, a boy can dream. 
A boy can dream, a boy can do a lot of things, if he's honest. So, I mean, uh, I was kind of happy with it. It, it kind of redeemed itself a bit at the end. It's probably still going to get canceled, right. though. There was another X-Man on TV last week. In mention only, though. In mention only, but in glorious mention and once again i do feel now the magicians i feel most thing i feel that we have such a presence in the x-men world that the writers even the writers of the magician are literally doing shout outs to us and i know i i really honestly feel that shout out was specifically for you and me do you think so (laughs) last episode Christina Strain wrote the episode. And I really feel like when she wrote that, she's like, Brett and Jeff are going to love this. Absolutely. (laughs) She absolutely did it for us. Quentin literally calls, uh, what's her name? What's the girl's name? I can never remember her name. Julia. You never remember her name. It's Julia. She's the goddess. She's arguably the female lead. I know. I know. It's bad. Um, Because I, apparently it must mean I'm secretly... Uh, misogynistic. Well, she's also a terrible actress. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She's the, really. Know what it is? She does the thing that like guy soap opera stars do, where she does like, hey guys, like she does that like whisper talk. Hey, yeah. I think I'm a goddess. <laughs> yeah, she. <laughs> it like, it comes across normal. as low energy, but she's just she's just a low talker. Yeah. Uh, but basically, Quentin calls her Emma Frost in Diamond. Form. Well, she's she's indestructible. Uh, she has no powers except not being able to be killed. So she offers herself up basically as like a human shield to Quentin. And, Qu- and she's like, you know, it's not much. He's like, whatever. You would be a real high-level ranking X-Men with X-Men with just that power. You'd be like Emma Frost in her diamond form. And then he called her, or no, she, Julia, referred to Emma Frost as the Indestructress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I want a campaign for that to be Emma Frost's new name. The Indestructress. Or at least that's a running gag. Like, the X-Men forgive her. But her penance is that they constantly call her the Indestructress. Well, we're going to find out in a, like, what is it? Does she show up in the next one? How many Uncanny X-Men before she shows up? No, no, no. There's like five or six. Ugh. Yeah, the the cover for the next one has got Hope <laughs> Summers. Hope Summers. Oh, okay. Right. Can you tell what I'm doing right now? Doing your uh, like a jerk off motion with yes! your hands. Yes, yeah. we're such. Oh we're my so god, insane. yes! <laughs> we're in New York. I'm in New York. She's in LA. So that was impressive. We can't see each other. Okay, stop. Uh. Emma Frost, and so the rest, and I will say, the rest of the episode was great because you had one High King Margot acting like Emma Frost. Oh yeah, being total Hard. badass. But but you know what? It bit her ass in the end. And I will say, why do you, why did she do that at the end where she spurned Josh? She, we were so excited about the Margot Josh relationship, and then she she blew it up because he dared to drop Elliot's name earlier in the show. Um, I think she's going to eat some crow and then get him back. I think so, too. Um, and then Cameron Mannheim shows up. So great. Cameron Mannheim yeah, is someone who's discovering Cameron magic. Why isn't Cameron Mannheim into, uh, in more things? She's such a good actress. I will say I might have some sort of inside scoop on Cameron Mannheim. 
<gasps> I've met her. You have? How was she? Yeah, I met her at like a, a women's rights event with Susan Sarandon and um, Annie DeFranco. Did you meet Susan Sarandon too? Yeah. Did you meet Annie DeFranco in person? Yes. Fuck you in your untouchable face. Yeah, this was a big night for me and my husband. Big night. How long ago was this? Long time ago. This is when we lived in D.C. Oh, this was okay. like four, yeah, 14 oh. years ago. So this was like prime Cameron Manheim. Oh, this was like the L.A. Law Practice, whatever the show, whatever show she was on. The Practice. The Practice, Wednesday nights on ABC. So she's in The Magicians, and she helps Alice... I don't know. Alice's whole journey is about her being a good person, and so she helps this woman with magic. They clean the town well. The town has clean water. I mean... But but then it looks like she gets kidnapped. Yeah. And poor Alice is just like a sitting duck. Poor Alice is just being shit on. She's like the Rain really Sinclair has. of the magicians. What are they going to make her? Rain Sinclair. I mean, her dad was killed. She didn't have to eat him. But Jesus. <clears throat> she was Rain turned into a monster great. against her will. Who Rain is doing great? In the comics. We'll get to those later. <laughs> yeah. Who knows for how long. Um, do you know that Olivia Taylor Dudley, the actress who plays Alice, recently liked one of our tweets? No. Which, what was it? Um, I would have to look it up. It was something about the magicians, I assume. I think it was something about the, yeah, no. It would be weird if it was, like, something random. (laughs) Like, I love Mr. Miracle. She's like, like. It was nothing like that. It was magicians related. Oh, but before we move uh, on, there is, I do have, uh, I do have a, a, a theory of why Cameron Mannheim isn't as famous as she should be. Okay. I have a friend that I can't name who told me that uh, she used to be very good friends with Cameron Mannheim. And that when she became famous, like once she got into the practice, she basically fucked over all of her old friends and uh, became like not a nice person. <gasps> well, what horrible timing because the tweet that Olivia <laughs> Taylor Dudley liked was my big smiley face reaction to a picture of her and Cameron Mannheim that I saw before I watched the episode. So the. <clears throat> This was the tweet where I discovered Cameron Mannheim would be on the show. So I gave a big smiley face and Olivia Taylor Dudley liked it. Yay. Now that's the thing. So is watch, this person, watch your words. Why not? But this person who said this, she could have, I mean, also Cameron Mannheim might have had a legit reason to stop speaking to those people. Yeah. Maybe she's a stupid bitch and Cameron Mannheim is a sweet, sweet angel. Yes. I don't know. So... You know, we'll this is know. all hearsay. This is all hearsay. Conjecture. But, but I will say, who cares if so? Who cares if someone's not a nice person or not? If they're good on TV, that's all I care about. I don't. I can separate the art from the artist. Yeah, me too. In few cases. Yeah. Can you watch a Woody Allen movie? God no. <laughs> Could you watch it before? <laughs> I could. I loved Woody Allen. I can't oh. now. Uh, the night that we are recording, HBO is premiering the Michael Jackson Leaving Neverland Ooh. documentary. Yeah. I just want to say this. 
it's been staring us in the face this whole time. <laughs> and we've been like, no, he just never had a childhood. No, no, he's just weird. No, no. I mean, look, this is what it comes down to. All these people that want to defend him, like even when he was alive, I would just say to this, I'd be like, okay, will you send your kids off to, to hang out with him? Hell no, they wouldn't. Ever, even the people defending him, no. They just don't no. want his legacy as an amazing artist and musician to be tarnished. But it's, like, too fucking bad. Like, I'm waiting no, for he, Blanket to come out with something. He had a pile of kids in his bed, and we're like, oh, he's just eccentric. The thing is, is I always thought it would be, like, Oh, I'm putting Jesus juice into the Sprite bottles and then we're going to rub our nipples together and give Eskimo kisses. Like, I thought it was like that kind of shit. But according to this thing, no, he was like a fucking nasty freak. Staring us in the face for decades. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's. I think the real problem is, and it's not a problem, but the, the people that sued him, he was so rich, he just threw money at those people and they dropped their charges. And that just looks like that then maybe they were lying, they just were in it for the money. But also, if, you know, if someone says, here, take $50 million, I don't know, that's a real hard offer to turn down. We do love money. Fuck. But you know what? All this Michael Jackson stuff falls under the category of news I don't give a fuck about. News segment. News I don't give a fuck about. Hey, Brett. Does that sound like a news segment? I think we need to return to this because there's a lot of things I don't give a fuck about. And we need to talk about it uh, often. I don't know if it's every week, but we're going to come back to this shit. We're going to. Yeah, we're introducing a new repeating segment now called news i don't give a fuck about evil uh, jeff how, how many fucks are you giving right now brett zero yeah zero me too we got zero if you add that up it is zero if you times it by what we have you get zero because we have zero divide it i don't give a fuck it's still going to be zero can you divide by zero no it's going to okay. be zero <laughs> Uh, there's one thing that happened this week where I saw it and I just went, I don't give a fuck about this and no one should give a fuck about this. I was almost like Regina George being like, stop trying to make this happen. No one cares. Do you know what it is? Can you guess no, what, what I'm talking about? I, I think about? I do. I, is it the, uh, the incel attacks on Captain Marvel? No, no, because they oh. they mean nothing to me. They I don't give a fuck about that. I don't. But they have no power. I feel like they have no power over any... I mean, unless they want to... I mean, it's not like how they actually did, you know, fuck up the Ghostbusters female reboot. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, you know, it was, it was an attack people weren't used to, but they're not going to get away with it anymore. This girls no, are mine gross is contingent. About a new... Uh, a new X-Men character that's um, being hyped up. Oh my God. Are you... You know who I'm about, fucking talking about? Are you talking about... Shade? No. Oh no. my God. No. I'm talking about Major X. 
The new Rob, Rob Liefeld. Liefeld oh, Liefeld creation. I did not see this coming. Talk to me. There's a whole thing on CBR being like, you know, about pumping up the excitement, interviewing Rob Liefeld about the all, all of his new major X and how it's going to shake up the X-Men world. He basically looks like if Deadpool and Phoenix and like the, the Cy- Cyclops right after the Phoenix, like when he had that X over his face. Like that Cyclops right before he died. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That plus Deadpool combined together and a character well, called Major X. Why don't you throw Judge Dredd in there too? Yeah, yeah, with the like the shape of his of his hat. Fuck you. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. We're all like, but it's Rob Liefeld. He created Cable. Uh, no, he didn't. He might have actually created him, but anything that made Cable interesting was made by Louise Simonson. And other people that came, however the fuck you say her name. It's probably Simonson. Simonson, whatever. It was made after him. Oh, but he made Deadpool. Really? Did Deadpool break the fourth wall? Was he funny? Was he interesting? Was he fascinating when Rob Liefeld made him? No. He was stupid and drawn awfully. I want everyone to Google right now top 40 Rob Liefeld worst drawings. (laughs) <laughs> I will say and it is a very exciting read he's an awful artist he he also he's homophobic he was very against Shatterstar being gay he can't draw hands he can't draw feet he can't draw torsos he can't draw noses he can't draw smiles he also uh, is I hate him and so the fact that he is now in charge of introducing a new, char- a new character that'll shake up the whole universe Fuck off. I don't give a fuck. There. Rob Liefeld has recently been drawing a lot. He's making a comeback. His his pencils just look worse today. I like I don't I don't mean to attack the guy. Like his pencils just really look bad. Like the eyes of his characters are inhuman. <laughs> They all have cold, dead eyes. No, what it is, it's that, you know how, like, in Disney, they learn to go with, to go against the uncanny valley and exaggerate features to make, you know, let's enlarge the eyes, let's enlarge these. Like, they exaggerate things, so it's not pure, like, they don't look like real humans. They look a little cartoonish. And I don't mind when people do that, like uh, Scotty Young or something in comics. But he, what he exaggerates is literally like the opposite of what you should exaggerate. And he makes everything look worse. And he's also, he's exaggerating things not because like, oh, stylistically this looks good, but it's like, I don't know how to draw feet. So I'm just going to draw, I'm going to have everybody on tippy toes. (laughs) Yeah. Muscles. He just exaggerates muscles. Well, he puts muscles that aren't there. Uh, He's awful. I don't care about Major X. It's probably... I, I, who could even speculate? New character? I have a feeling, though, because he has, like... A, oh, oh, oh. No, do you hear? want to hear what it is? Xavier? No. Are you are you going to be angry when I say what it is? Another Wolverine? Young no. Wolverine? He's from an alternate universe. <laughs> 
shit. Shut up. And a place called Shangri-La. Oh, God. That's like a mutant haven. And then he gets oh. stuck into the regular 616 world. Oh. I it's really like, don't give a fuck about that. Oh, we like just Michelle got... Pfeiffer joining we, Instagram. We just got rid of all of the alternate universe shit. We just stopped that. <sighs> okay, here's the news I don't give a fuck about. Give it to me. So I was on CBR.com because I needed a laugh, <laughs> and I came across this article called Is Into the Spider Verse's Daredevil Easter Egg Actually a Sequel Tease? And it's two pages. On how, for a second, Kingpin's son in the Dimensional Ray flashed and looked like Matt Murdock for a moment. The son? So there... Yeah. Okay. So, fine, cool, thanks for pointing that out. I don't need two pages of speculation that this could mean a Daredevil slash Miles Morales sequel. Wait, but didn't they get just sent back to their original dimension? Sure. So they, no. But Daredevil was in it, so maybe he's the star of the sequel. Is it? Did he have red glasses or something? Yeah. But Daredevil, is why would they, you can't rewrite Daredevil to make him the son of Kingpin? But maybe because he's in it for point five seconds, maybe he's going to be the lead in the sequel. And maybe we should write a two-page article about that. <laughs> I'm like, what? All of these articles, like, hey, we noticed this thing and are going to spin this ridiculous based-in-nothing theory. Oh, my God. Would you I like to read? No, we have to do. We're going to bring these in next week. Next week, I'm giving you homework. We're going to do a no-prize Easter egg. I want us to... F- to bring, like, just like make up our own Easter egg of something stupid. Oh, that's great, because here's another one. This is on another website, uh, comicbook.com. Avengers Endgame mind blowing theory says World Breaker Hulk will be unleashed. And the theory goes hey, you know how in the promo art Hulk is wearing a uniform? And you know how you have to sacrifice something for the Soul Stone? What if Bruce Banner sacrifices his persona and we get Worldbreaker Hulk? Wouldn't that be cool? Two pages. Not even wouldn't that be cool. That's There's so many what-ifs you have to jump. That, yeah. All this shit about... Comics journalism being spoilers and theories, like it, and articles about tweets. <laughs> That's why we're creating a segment called News I Don't Give a Fuck About. Yeah, it's so the, the, the shit like that. It's gonna get to a point where it's like, hey, did you see that one scene in Captain Marvel where uh, she was? Uh, uh, had a bat on, she walked past a convenience store and you could see hair dye, which, you know, for hair dye, Betsy Braddock dyes her hair purple. So is Psylocke going to be in the sequel? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's, stop it. But here's another one. So here, this one falls under the category of news that I actually do give a fuck about, but oh my God, are you kidding? 
Oh, no, what? So there's an article going around that Marvel is looking to cast an openly gay actor as a major role in Eternals. No, is the Eternals like the Black Queen? No, that's uh, the Externals. Oh, that's the Externals. Oh, the Eternals were originally like their own universe, right? Well, they were the Eternals. It was the Kree... It, they're kind of related to Inhumans in that the Kree and mutants, in that the Kree manipulated early mankind's genetic code. They're one of the million BC Avengers, right? Isn't one an Eternal? Maybe, probably, because it was the Eternals and the Deviants were like the two races that came before humanity. I really don't give a fuck about that movie. Oh, no, but... One, it could be how mutants are introduced. It could be. Two, there's a story going around that Marvel wants an openly gay actor for Eternals. So I did a little digging. Oh, who's the gay one? They don't know yet. This is the source. It came from a website called thehashtagshow.com. This is the coverage that has led to multiple stories online about... Marvel wanting to cast an openly gay actor, which how many are of there are those <laughs> as a lead in Eternals? Ready? Okay. I quote, I quote, during the press coverage for, of Ant-Man and the Wasp last year, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige stated that the studio was working toward bringing a new LGBTQ character to the mix in the near future. As it turns out, That future is nearly upon us, as the studio searches for an actor, 30 to 49, who, quote, physically looks like a superhero, shock, for one of the film's leads. While the studio is open to actors of all ethnicity, they would prefer the role to go to an openly gay actor. Huh. Where's that that come from? Is that what the audition, is that what the call sheet says? Because it ain't quoted. Yeah. It's just a sentence. But that's yeah, just I was a saying, sentence. For, how do they, where, what is their source? What is for this? That? W- yeah. It doesn't even say like this. They just said like they. Who's they? Marvel? According to the. Uh, but while the studio is open to actors, uh, maybe it says this. I, I, like, I can't think that an audition sheet says, a call sheet, or uh, am I, is it a call sheet? says, we want you to be out. Um, I will, but I will say in a meeting, because there's been, people have had to, uh, like someone just recently quit because it was an Asian character and they weren't Asian and then they quit because uh, that combo character, you know, because of the race thing. I think now they're like, oh, this character is going to be gay. There might have been a meeting. I can imagine a meeting being like, well, let's get, Let's let's have the openly gay, like openly gay actors audition first. You know what I mean? I can imagine, but I can't imagine a call sheet going out for that. You know, yeah, or no. like a casting notice. I can't imagine. No, a casting this seems like this seems made up. This seems like hey, let's put a sentence here about somebody saying something about would love to open it up to gay characters, queer characters, and then that they want an actor thirty to forty nine who looks like a superhero. That's in quotes, and then the sentence after that is just. The studios, they would prefer an openly gay actor. Did they say that? 
No, I, yeah, I do think this, I mean, it also could be someone just made the entire thing up. So. Well, it's everywhere. Is there a gay eternal? No, but they'll make one. Because the Eternals are so, like, who, they're so who, who cares? Any of Put them the gay one gay. in there. Anyone oh my god. Uh, know who I think would be a great gay superhero who is openly gay Ooh, is the who? guy who played Gaston in the live action Beauty and the Beast. <gasps> Luke Evans. Yeah. Yes. Put him in something. Oh, he would, oh. Get him all naked making out with some guy. Mm. I follow him on Insta. Mm-hmm. It's Hell yeah. It. Hell yeah. So who's to say what the state of comic, comics journalism is today? Yeah. Uh, what, um, what comics have you been reading? So many. Ooh. I've read a few comics as well. Oh, you did? Why don't we start with, ew, I read a DC book because I think there is a DC property maybe on tv that you watched there might be all right what is it uh ew i watched a dc tv show i watched a lot of it and that would be young justice oh i finally officially acquired uh dc universe because i had been watching doom patrol and things you know just finding them online and i was like i should just i should do this for real like a real (laughs) grown-up It's worth it. Yeah. Oh, it is. Also, I didn't realize they had comics there, too. Yeah. Although I tried to, like, look up, uh, what's the Seven Soldiers, the Grant Morrison one? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to read that. And they didn't have it. So I was like, fuck you. You should look up Kingdom Come. Didn't you say you never read that? No. I didn't. Read it. Okay. Um, I will. And uh, But Young Justice was there. And then forever ago, I watched all of the first season of, of Young Justice back in like 2010, back when I was but a child. And uh, that's crazy. That's almost 10 years ago when that happened. And I was still old. All right. Anyway, um, and then I did not watch the second season. And the third season is the new like adult version that just got released in January. So I figured let's start watching the second season and I'll get caught up. And I first was like, maybe I should just watch the last few episodes so I can get caught up. And I tried watching it and so much crazy shit was happening. I was like, let me just watch the first episode just to see where things went. And I got so like involved. I ended up watching the whole entire season in like two days. Holy shit. And it was... Now, granted, I was doing other things while it was on in the background. But, uh, yeah, it was like 22 episodes. So I have a problem. Damn, boy. Yeah. (laughs) And it was really good. It was really good. And I found... Do you know who one of the main writers of it is? No. And who is writing this season as well, season three, almost 10 years later? Peter fucking David. (gasps) Oh! He wrote like four of the episodes. You just reminded me that I walked by Phil Jimenez today on the sidewalk on the Upper West Side what? this morning. Did you? I did. Were you like, yo, Jimenez? I smiled. Put it. I smiled at him. We met. Yeah. Yeah. Put it anyway. in my ass. Nope, I can't do it. All right. Put sorry. it in me. Uh, Peter David. Oh, my God. And it's really good. And they kind of go... This one, they just go the gamut. They're like, you know what? Let's put everything in there. We're going to put every superhero in there, which seems like a horrible 
idea. But their versions of it, like they put, um, what's it, Apache from the Super Friends? What was his name? Apache Chief? Apache Chief. But he's, he's like a teenager. Inukchuk? Like a teenager uh, Native American kid with the like bandana on his head, like an orange bandana Love on him. his head and long hair. But rather than growing in size, he basically has armor from the Energy X-Men's around powers. him. Yeah. I've seen this. He's basically I've seen... armor from the X-Men. Oh. And I was like, oh, I like that. Is that in the comics? Oh, my God. I've seen season two of Young Justice. I went, me and Steve used to go over a friend Austin's place and watch it. Oh, so you, you know what I'm talking about. That's some good shit. I do. I've seen this one. Yeah, it's good. And it's also weird because it's, it's all about, it's called Invasion. So it's all about secret alien invasion, which is what Captain Marvel is going to be about as well. Um, do you think Apache Chief is going to be in Captain Marvel? Yes. <laughs> Due to the Easter eggs that I noticed. Um, but I, I, was, I was really into it. I really liked it. I wish there was like a gay character. I think that would have been fun. Because who's the gay character um, in, in DC? What's his name? Obsidian? Obsidian. Yeah, why can't he be in it? I know, right? Um, yeah, it's good. good How stuff. many ewes do you give it? I give it one ew. I loved it. <gasps> oh, great. Ew. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but then now um, I'm excited because I'll probably start watching season three, and that's going to be basically the adult version where people are getting murdered. I wonder if they're saying shit and fuck. Mm. Shit and fuck. Shit and fuck. That was almost the name of this podcast. Yeah. Where I'm shit and you're fuck. There should be a podcast called Shit and Fuck. What did you read, darling? Darling, I read shit. Heroes in Crisis number six and fuck Green Lanterns number three and four. Grant you want to talk about shit or fuck? Um, let's talk about shit first. Heroes in Crisis number six. Well, this murder mystery is certainly starting to unravel. Oh, what's the by new... that? I mean, it's losing me. <laughs> no, it's it's actually. Um, Are they starting to actually, answer some questions? Yeah, it's well, they're starting to deepen the mystery. I'll say that. Um, it's there's two different versions of things happening. They have recapped previous scenes, but things are different. That aspect of it is interesting. So the whole story is who killed all of the heroes and villains in the secret therapy center? Was it Booster Gold or was it Harley Quinn? They have shown Harley Quinn's point of view and she has witnessed Booster Gold kill Wally West. Okay. They have shown Booster Gold's point of view, and he has witnessed Harley Quinn kill oh, Wally West. Oh shit! So it yeah. seems like it should be a third person that's making them see the other per the other person. Exactly. So okay. there's the idea of mind control. There is one character who is in one of the confessional scenes. Uh, his name is Nemesis. He's got mind control powers. So this guy with mind control powers is there. Uh, I think he's a red herring. Also, a mask keeps showing up. Um, Wally West, in particular, keeps holding this mask. And from my research, I understand that people are linking the mask he's holding to a character called the Psycho Pirate, who also has mental manipulation powers. Is that like an established character already? Yeah. Oh, no, no, not in the book yet, no. 
I mean, just in the DC universe. Yes. Okay. Like in cartoons and stuff too. Oh, okay. But all signs are pointing to Wally West being the variable. Um, they found his dead body, but his dead body was from five days in the future. Uh, they have shown a scene with Wally West holding Arsenal, uh, Colton Haynes's character from Arrow. Yeah. Uh, dead, but on, in one scene he's on the porch, in another scene he's inside the house. From the different points insane, of views? I think so, but also outside of the different points of views. Okay. So, there's this whole history, recent history in the DC Universe of Wally West returning to the DC Universe, him unraveling a mystery that maybe Dr. Manhattan amputated tenure... I, I don't know. I'm not spe- I, I don't know enough to speak to this, but weird things have been happening with Wally West from a very crisis Wait, but point of view. Do you, but you don't feel any of that is seeping into this, like Doomsday stuff, like Watchmen stuff is going to be a part of this too. I do. I think like this overarching narrative that's going on with the DC universe. Is there any Watchmen that, characters in the crisis? No, okay. but I understand that they're like the reason for new. F- I'm so not. I, I don't have my head around the details. The reason for New 52 or the reboots of the universe have been actually because of Dr. Manhattan from the future. Mm. And that led to Wally West like being jerked around and he didn't exist and then he did exist. and But when he did exist, he didn't have a family anymore. So there's speculation that Wally West returning into existence but this time with no family, like no kids. He remembers kids who don't exist. Caused him to snap. And murder. So it's Wally West is the bad guy. We think so. But that that is... Uh, are they giving clues that you leading you? Is it a red herring? Or do yes, they actually show yes. that it is? No, they're giving... They're, they're starting to reveal a lot about Wally West. And, and all of these contradictions around his quote-unquote murder. Interesting. So I'm thinking... Wally West from the past might have killed a Wally West from the future. And there are two timelines happening. So, I don't know. Hey, you know what? Wally West at the end of Young Justice gets disintegrated, saving the world. And I wonder if any of that comes in. I wonder if he comes back in a weird way like that. Yeah. uh, In the third season. Hmm. Hey. Interesting. So I, I give. I, I will say, but I like things that are told. What is that like? The affair, like where it's told from two different. The same thing is told from two different perspectives. Yeah, like Rashomon, or a frailty. Do you remember that? <clears throat> sure. With uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And Bill Paxton. That's a good movie. I highly it's recommend it to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How many oohs so do you I give? So I give. It? I give it ew ew. It's. Um, I know I had tonal issues early on in the run, but now that the mystery is deepening, I'm really responding to that. I still feel like it had this, this it has this kind of quiet melodrama, which is very weird. But yeah. the mystery aspect is intriguing. Hmm. Interesting. So on to Grant Morrison, Green Lantern. Um, I won't spend too much time on this. I love Grant right. Morrison. I love Grant Morrison. Um, I feel like there's a butt he, coming. Yeah, there is a butt coming. He could be <laughs> dense. 
he could be dense in that he just gets to things and you're like, wait, who are these people? Who are these names early on in a run? But also, I feel like he wants to do a certain thing with a property when he gets a hold of it. And he'll kind of, sort of, kind of jam the round peg of the property into the square hole of what he wants to do. Yeah. At the cost of characterization. Yeah. He did it with X-Men. He did it with JLA. And I feel like a little bit he's doing it with Green Lantern. Um, Specifically, there's a scene. So it's... I loved it because it's so genre of what he's trying to do with Green Lantern, this whole police procedural. yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, Jesus, all right. Like, it's like this scene has to be a part of this genre experiment. But when you see it happen, you're like... Why the fuck would he do that? So there is a slave trader who it seems like he's going to get away with shit. On Earth? Uh, no, he actually uh, kidnaps the Earth. Remember I said the planet disappeared? Oh, Grand yeah, Theft right. Planet? Okay. So it was Earth was kidnapped by a slave trader, and um, he's auctioning the planet off. So... Later, when the Green Lantern Corps are arresting him, it's, he's talking about how he's going to be set free, and he's part of this ring of power, and it's like, fine, you can arrest him and be on the streets the next day. So, so he's like, you know, it's just you know, some people are predators, some people are prey, and Green Lantern kills him. And it's like, well, which are you? And Green Lantern turns to the other lanterns and says, you all saw that. I did that in self-defense. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Does First of all, does he ask that question after he kills him? During. Oh, so he says it and then shoots him. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we've got a whole Hal Jordan corrupt cop thing is, happening. Is Hal Jordan ever like that before? Well, has the whole he, parallax he, thing. So he has killed, but that was... But what was Parallax in a nutshell? Uh, I guess that was... It had to have been brainwashing. I don't know. That's what I mean. That wasn't, like, officially him under full control. But that's what I mean. Like, has he ever killed... Like, been known to, like, go off the rails and kill people? I don't know. Huh. So... I don't think so. It's like he's Michael Chiklis from The Shield now? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like that, but I feel like that would piss people off. Kind of like when yeah, they made I mean, Captain America a Nazi. It's like, but it's like, don't jump to conclusions. Like, we're, it'll be fine. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it'll be fine. But it's kind of not because that lingers and it's weird. Well, there's Issue always four, when you start when you start with stuff like that. It's always like it's okay because he was a bad guy, but then you have to start covering your tracks, and then you start killing people. So it's a slippery slope. We know how this goes. What happens in issue four? It does the same thing that you and I hate so much, the the, um, Batwoman Scarecrow thing where on the cover they give away. Oh, Oh, shit. Who's on the cover? So it's this story. It's like you cut to this, like, four-armed cowboy and this person in armor. And the person in armor is telling the cowboy the story of this countess who is basically like a planet eater. Like is going to unleash hell. Like a Lady Galactus. Sure. Not as big. 
But she unleashes sun eaters and devastation and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, the person in armor reveals that she knows that the four-armed cowboy is Green Lantern. And then Green Lantern is like, well, I know that you're the Countess or the Contessa, whatever it is. Wait, Hal Jordan. And so it's, yeah. And so it's revealed that the two people who are like telling and listening to a story are actually like the hero and the villain in disguise. But the actual hero and villain are on the cover. Yeah. The cover (laughs) is like the, the villain, like in her regular persona, like attacking Green Lantern. Uh, that's something like DC. You do, gotta do, stop doing that. Do they? Like, I feel like at th- that. There's a reason. There's editors. Like they, they should be like catching those things. I feel like so that's dumb. like a simple thing. And I guess, but maybe for them, they're like, well, if you don't see who it is, then they're not going to buy the comic. The name of this villain is the Cosmic Vampire's Beautiful Daughter. There's actually a 1997, I want to say like YA-ish horror novel called The Vampire's Beautiful Daughter, which I'm sure Morrison is referencing. Ah. But like the cover is like Green Lantern versus the Cosmic Vampire's Beautiful Daughter. And then at the end, it's revealed that the two characters you've been reading are Green Lantern and the Cosmic Vampire's Beautiful Daughter. It's like the cover. Anyway, I belabor the point. Well, maybe they got the... Maybe it depends since there's usually like 20 covers now. Maybe you just I feel like that's just Marvel. No, I've seen DC does a few. I don't think they do as many as Marvel. But, yeah. Anyway, ew, I give Green Lantern. Ew, ew, ew. Because it's Grant Morrison. I love him. But at the same time... It's also Michael Chiklis. It's Michael Chiklis. He was a terrible thing. All right. Well, I think that leaves us with Marvel. Just Marvel comics that we love. Uh, let's talk about non... Let's get into X-Men last. Let's end with that. Okay. Uh, I read The Amazing Spider-Man because Ryan Otley is back to drawing. And uh, had a... Was it Craven the Hunter? Is the bad oh, guy? Oh, that's a new kicking off a new arc, right? And uh, it's kind of stupid, but it's actually Ryan Otley. I'm like, it's weird. They had two sections, and one section Ryan Otley drew, and then the next section was someone else drew it. And I literally could not read the next section. I got bored and stopped. <laughs> and I'm oh. just like, is his drawings just so good that no matter what someone writes, I will read along? But uh, basically, did you read it, Amazing Spider-Man? No, no. Craven the Hunter apparently convinced the High Evolutionary to clone 86 of him. To, that can, that'll basically age in a couple of years to become full adult males. Those are two characters I never thought would frat, fraternize. I know, right? And basically, he trains them all to be great hunters, and in the end, he sends them all off to hunt and in the end one comes back and he's like where are all my other sons and he goes here they are and he just dumps out 85 skulls and he's like why did you kill all the others and he's like you said to hunt and he's like these are the top things for me to hunt and then craven's like ah you got it you're my true son so it was like oh it's what he wanted him to do 
And basically, so now him and his son, Clone, have decided that any villain or hero that is referencing an animal needs to be hunted, and he kidnaps all of them. Oh, my God. So it's like Spider-Man, Wolverine, Scorpion, the Lizard King, like the Vulture, like all of them. And so that's... There are so many in the Spider-Man universe. No, like literally... There's the so many. shows him with like, it looks like a hundred people in like cages. There are so many. So I find it amusing, but at the same time kind of stupid. Black Cat, Spider-Woman, Rhino, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Octopus. Oh, yeah. They're all, like, all of them. All of them are there. We could go on and on. So in a way, it's kind of, in a weird way, like making fun of that. But then I'm like, but now, now that we get the joke, like, is this actually interesting? The best way to make fun of that was the line in Infinity War where Bruce Banner said, wait, there's a Spider-Man and an Ant-Man? Yeah. So, uh, I, don't, I don't know about it, but uh, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of funny. Did you read anything like Avengers-y or Spider-Man-y? Fantastic Four, number seven. What is happening with that? Dan Slott's writing it. Um, Aaron Cooter's drawing it. It is basic. Remember how we talked about FF is just super basic? Yeah. Um, I had it to, is I, back I, to... Oh, is it good? Ba- yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I'll just try basic. to read it again. It's, I, I was getting annoyed with it, so I stopped. It's um, Fantastic Four join Doctor Doom in Latveria to fight Galactus. It turns out that Doom is um, trying to turn Galactus back into the Lifebringer. Ah. Uh, and the funny part, Reed and Sue are like, the what now? And Ben and Johnny are like, oh yeah, oh my god, that's one of the things you missed. Yeah, Galactus is totally like a force of life. And he's not supposed to be purple, he's supposed to be orange. And they were like, oh, fuck me, okay. Um, so it looked like Doom was aligning, was an ally with the FF, but it turned out he just wanted to trap Galactus the whole time. Yeah. And then, long story short, he sentences the Fantastic Four to death in Latveria. He has them arrested. Ugh. Oh, But it's very classic. Um, the funniest part is Doom sends Invisible Woman to save his citizens from all the fallout of them battling Galactus, like the things dropping and the errant energy beams. And all of the citizens are, like, praising Doom for sending Sue to save them, but hate Sue. <laughs> so so Sue is, like, barking orders at them, like, get over here, get under my forest field, move out of the way. And they're like, oh, what a horrible woman. <laughs> Praise <laughs> Doom. <laughs> That part was really funny. But it's typical. Like, Sue is off. Sue is marginalized, and Reed is figuring stuff out, and Ben and Johnny are arguing while they're fighting the big monster. You know. Yeah, you don't have to go full classic. <laughs> it's, it's full classic. It's Doom, Galactus, and them acting like that. That's the one thing I hate, is that they still, like... You have to realize, I mean, before, I mean, besides Franklin, Sue is the most powerful person on that team. And then I feel the writers just like to fight. I would like a woman to write this damn comic for once. Yeah, that'd be great. Has a woman Let's ever get written a woman Fantastic on Four? FF. I have no idea. Yeah. One word while Reed Richards is figuring it all out. Sue's like, yeah, I fucking saved the day. You took too long, you piece of shit. 
Here's some just for men hair dye. Dye your fucking hair. Get into the bedroom. Fuck me good, and then go get me some food, bitch. That's what Fuck I want. Fuck yeah. Man. Yeah. There. Written. Done. Do it. Bring the it. visible woman. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I also read West Coast Avengers by Kelly Thompson and Gang Hyuk Lim. I read that shit, too. That shit's good. It is. I love that it's just uh, the exes in town and making life it's miserable. It's funny. It's silly. It's got great super heroics. It's got a team-up undercover mission with Quentin and it, Gwenpool. It has vampires. It had oh at the end it's revealed to have vampires. Well, it's revealed. Great. I mean, I feel like they were kind of stupid. The fact that it was all called of like the something of the sun, like it was yeah. seemed like very like clear that this was vampires. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was part of the joke. It was like, all right, guys, I think they're vampires. Like, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, but the end, they're just like fucking eating America Chavez, and not in a lesbian way. No, <laughs> no, they're biting her. Yeah. They're not eating her out. They're eating her up. <laughs> oh. That would be weird if one of like the vampires was just like between her legs. Just <laughs> munching her bush. Uh, it's great. I love that Hawkeye's part of this undercover mission is to go in like above board as a celebrity. And he's like, duh. But then they make him be Wonder Man. <laughs> they make him dress up as Simon Williams. Wonder Man, not Clint. That Martin. was that was great. That was great. Um, and then Quentin is just adorable as ever. He's like, "Wait, I'm on the B team." And then Gwenpool has to be like, "Yeah, but you're like the leader of your own team." And he's like, you're "Oh, leader, okay. you're the other okay, leader." I got it. <laughs> so great. And I love Novar wearing Quentin's t-shirts, but yes, they're but they're all too him. small on him and all stretched out. Oh, that's Woof. so good. Um, love it. And then that brings us to, did you read X-Force? I did, by Ed Brisson and Dylan Burnett, sure. I feel like this is, like, going nowhere. Yeah, uh, I like that they brought Boom Boom back. Yeah. But it's still, like, where is the, I feel like it's, I feel like the real story hasn't started yet. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, the bad, like, uh, military leader who who kind of killed the president and took over. Yeah. He's just so incompetent and arrogant that he's just not a real threat. You know what I mean? Yeah. No and one I takes don't, that guy seriously. Yeah. And where it's kind of annoying. And I know, I guess Ahab is supposed to be the real threat. And I do like that. He just like fucking straight up. Ahab just murders his mutant son. And yes. like just just mutilates his body and writes in blood the only good mutant is a dead mutant like in your face asshole, um, classic Ahab. Oh Ahab, uh, don't get Ahab drunk. He has so many horrible mutant jokes. Don't uh, get. Oh. <laughs> and it's just like you can't tell those anymore. Don't tweet that. He will even from the future. He will. Uh, what's uh? Let me but think. All, all what, of, what all of his a, jokes, all his jokes a, ended. A, a dead mutant, one. A racist mutant joke. Oh, I there's like, uh, hey, what do you call um, a mutant that just saved the world? 
What? A, a dirty mutie. <laughs> there, I, I can't think of any. All right. Knock, um, knock. Who's there? Hello? Hello? A mutant, but if I'm a mutant, I'm dead, so I'm not able to <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, and that brings us to the real meat of what we're going to talk about. Let's talk about it. The Extremists. Number one by Leah Williams. Yeah. Leah Williams and Georges Gentil. Monetta is Monet, right? Right? No. But she's French and has the same hand things as Monet, as M, plate. I mean, they're similar. I don't know. I don't know who Monetta is. I feel like but it she has got to wiggly, be Monet. She got wiggly fingers and they gross me out. And she's like crazy super racist, which seems like Monet. She is su- <laughs> She's super racist. What an odd last line, though, that the last line of the issue is Jean-Paul. No, is it Jean-Paul? Her mentor? Yeah. Who was like, stop using that word. It is a racial slur. Yeah, because grade... For retrograde. Yeah, for retrograde. For some reason, Jean-Paul was my favorite character in this book. Because he didn't do anything. Well, you know there's something there. He seems... So, I'll say this. um, This seems like a team that has been together forever. Yeah. And Um, I think that's that's a win. I felt like she pushed the cookie thing too much. Yeah, it was a little cheesy in the I felt that sheet. wasn't funny enough to be... It was like, later in the comic, I'm like, oh, they're bringing this up again. But is that Iceman, like, not funny? But Iceman's, like, over-the-top not funny. This was just like, wait, what are you mm. talking about? Yeah. Uh, and I blame that on Jubilee. Um, but yeah, there is just this interesting thing of, like, this being the first pregnancy... There's stakes, and there was a clear definition of character prior to the reveal of the pregnancy. And it was enough to to get you invested in every character's reaction to something like this. Yeah. Which, actually, this all leads me to the biggest flaw of this universe, is is there's a logical there's a logical thing that would have happened if they are genetically engineering these Neutered. hatchlings, they sterilized. would be sterilized, um, yep. and that would solve that would make their sex drives almost nil, and it would uh, take away their ability to procreate. So if you're why why wouldn't you do that? At, if you're if you're genetically engineering and hatching them yeah. yourselves, why are you not doing that? That doesn't make any sense to me. Because then people couldn't get pregnant. No, I know, but that's they need to they need to have like a they need to come up. They need to address like why you don't sterilize. Yeah. Sure. Maybe even a simple line of like, we tried that and they came out all weird. Like, I don't know. Like it's like it didn't work. We don't have the technology. Even though it's a fictitious universe made up by Nathan Summers, so 
<laughs> no. He could just be like, oh, actually, actually, I snapped my fingers and we are sterilizing people yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, right? And it's, and it's always been that way. Yeah. So, uh... Well, I mean, maybe that's yeah. your answer, is that this is still Nate Summers. I mean, maybe... Maybe he is sabotaging himself by bringing Apocalypse in. Although I argue he brought Apocalypse in because the X-Men need something to fight. Yeah. But maybe maybe that's why. I mean, maybe Nate isn't a total monster. He didn't want to have to do that to people. He thought that if he just regulated it, it would be fine. But that I'm just... Enough. I will say I'm not psyched for them trying to set up Psylocke and Blob to have a relationship. Well, we don't know it's a relationship. We don't know what it is. Maybe it's just sex. And then when it ends and they come out of it, she looks him in the eye and she's like, we will never speak of this ever again. (laughs) I think there is going to be a lot of interesting reveals about these characters and how they feel and I am 100% here for it. Well, I clearly think who who is in, is is Nate Summers in charge? Who do you think there who do you think is going to decide what to do with the baby? Yeah, who do they report to? Would it be Nathan? Oh, I feel like it's going to be someone else. But I think what's going to happen is is the person, the in-charge person is going to be like, you have to kill the baby. And they're going to do like a forced abortion. And then it's going to it's going to split the team up of who thinks the baby should be allowed to be born and who doesn't. Which then yeah, gets maybe. to a whole pro-life thing where then you're we would yep. actually be siding with the pro-life people, oh, which could also God. be problematic. Ugh. It laid a great foundation. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I just want them to explain this Moneta character. Me too. Why? Why her? Why? Yeah. I mean, it could be so, like, if it is a new character, they're like, hey, we need someone super racist. So let's just make a new character. So a we new don't, character. So we don't have to put that on someone else. You know, and maybe so the the North Star Moneta relationship is interesting, and maybe she's there just to make a statement about North Star and the choices he's going to make. But Monet is like speaks French, and Monet uh, thinks she's superior to everyone else. So I feel like that still f- fits, and she's uh, like she looks like she's the same race. Oh, I don't know about that. She doesn't look white. I thought she did. I don't think she looked white. She you looked... can never go by that. That it's you know they're drawn. Yeah. Well, anyway, it looks fun. I can't wait. What's the next one? Is it Apocalypse? I think Apocalypse is is coming out next. Is there any other ones? Oh, and the X, the prison at Prisoner X. I think Prisoner X is an. Oh, they could be both next. I don't know. I'm so excited. But that's what is this, and these are coming out once a month, and they're one of five. It's oh, gonna be gonna, wild. It's gonna take a long fucking time to tell this goddamn yeah, story. It sure is. But Jesus. luckily, we've got an uncanny X Men team on the real world doing great stuff. Ugh. All right. Get to Emma oh, Frost. Right. Speaking of Emma Frost, what did you think of Jessica Jones? Oh, it's so good. 
It's so Wasn't it so good? good? Shouldn't Emma Frost be Jessica Jones's best friend and not Carol Danvers? But not best friend, because she's still a bitch, but still that girl that she reluctantly has to go to for help. Like, I love it. And I love that she was like, I know everybody thinks I'm awful and hates me, but I felt your pain and what you went through, and I have to fucking help you. Like, it just shows you that it's like, no, she really is a fucking good person, Jesus Christ. And everything that she is doing is for the greater good, and they need to still explain away why she wasn't like that at the X-Men versus the Inhumans. No, they don't. Sweep it under the rug. We're pretending it didn't happen, but she's so good. And I love how they even explained like, oh, the purple man needed to knock her out because even her psychic powers are too strong. Like that's why she needed to be injected because just using the purple man powers on her is not enough. But even how she solved it by like okay i'm going non-diamond on three you got one shot yeah it's because she knew she's like knock me the fuck out i'm not gonna let yeah i love it i love her Um, how great was it when she showed up like when jessica was facing the purple children and then you had that but she's not alone moment yeah yeah Uh, that's why i didn't want to say that's why i didn't want to say if she had a major or minor presence because i didn't want to ruin the but i want her to be back back for the next issue too so hopefully it wasn't like and she's oh she's still in the building yeah she'll show back up uh but that was a thing i mean lots of reveals because it ends up one purple man is alive so i still don't understand how that happened his son is taking his blood and basically he's like in a coma and he's taking his blood and using it to control people and luke is under the power now that was fucking scary and it finally ended with her being under the power and influence yeah this ugh. What a good book. But we still have no idea whether or not uh, the baby is really his. It's Luke's. But there was, but that's where it was. I liked the, when they were talking about it and Jessica was overhearing it when Luke was talking with Iron Fist and he was like, but all that happened so long ago, the baby has to be yours. And Luke was like, yeah, unless he came back while we were together and one time he convinced her think. her think that it was me. And then the Iron Fist is like, oh, fuck, this fucked up. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it is. So, I don't know. Anyway. Emma Frost is popping up everywhere. Popping up Rightfully everywhere. So. Yeah. All right, so we're going to see Captain Marvel this week. When are you seeing it? Do you have tickets? Oh, yeah, Thursday night at like... Thursday night, baby. Thursday night at like 9 p.m. I'm going to the IMAX in Times Square at 8. Sweet. Which means I think I, because of time difference, I will have seen it before you. So I will spoil everything. I'll just text you things and ruin it. No, I'll see it before you. No, but time difference. Wait. Oh, because it's be later. Seeing it. Oh, no. And I just threatened you, and now you're going to do it to me. That's My right. Was foiled. Can't wait to tell you who the secret scrolls are at the end credit scene. No! All right. I have Chinese food to eat. All right. Uh, we did it.
Next we week, we're going to talk about Captain Marvel and reveal it will be in Captain Marvel. Our two-page analysis of the Easter eggs, of useless Easter eggs we found in Captain Marvel. <laughs> Two pages for every stray thought we have. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to episode 74 of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. Check us out on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you leave us a review, we will be super appreciative. You can do that on iTunes or wherever podcasts are sold. And remember, if you read comics, well, then that makes you a queer. Super queer. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.